Hello, Ed. Paul. How you doing? How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, we reached the end of another working week here. I've got a long weekend this weekend, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, and it's, uh, it's yeah, I'm ready for it. And uh, I have to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed watching the matches that we picked this time, which that's that's now a couple in a row, which have just been like rip-roaring entertainment, I would say. That's true. Did you watch the whole of the Bolton United game or just Ronaldo's half an hour? No, I skipped to the the as promised. I skipped to Ronaldo coming on, and and the yeah, MUTV comment, the MUTV commentators are pains to point out that that it was not a four nil game until Ronaldo came on. In fact, Bolton had plenty of possession and chances and that sort of thing. So, how do you want to do this? Should we talk about Ronaldo first and then Rooney? Yeah, let's talk about the the actual debut itself um, for both of them, and then go on to talk a little bit about the, what then came. So, yeah. with with the Ronaldo debut, I mean, we've talked a lot in these about like memory and how we remember games and what like the last last weeks the the three two against City, the recent one, couldn't have been more different from how I it right, existed yeah. in my mind. This is the polar opposite of that. This is exactly what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember leaving that game after Ronaldo had come on for that half an hour with a with an absolute hard-on for him. Metaphorical. Metaphorical, yeah. of course, he, you know. He was absolutely unbelievable. There's this thing in video games that the people at Giant Bomb called an abilities, where at the beginning of a game, your character has all their powers and then they lose them and you slowly level up and get those powers back over time. This was, like, Ronaldo had two seasons of, like, slightly flaky performances. There were definitely people who were ready to be done with him during that period of time. Right, yeah. But, I mean, United fans, there were plenty of United fans who were, like, sort of fed up with his showboat and lack of end product and da 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 But this game, this was like Ronaldo from five years in the future. Like His first four involvements with the ball, just everything about Ronaldo. First, absolutely nailed. Absolutely nailed by Pedersen. And he's just completely smashed, gets up, not bothered about it. Second touch, beats two men. Gets the ball in. Third touch. Gets in front of Nolan to win the penalty. Solid pen. Fourth touch. Great run and cross. Giggs eventually scores. I mean, it's just Ronaldo buttoned up into his first four movements. Exactly. That's exactly right. And yeah, so the the he's pulled down for the penalty. Uh, the only thing that this game doesn't have is a Ronaldo screamer from 100 yards, but he hadn't quite developed that yet. Um, Paddy Querand talks about like having because this is very very contemporary with that 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 infamous sporting lisbon friendly where all the players were like sign him sign him sign him you know and paddy Curran says we were just we just all thought if there's any chance we should sign him because this is what we saw in that game and he did look completely ready for english football and he wasn't actually it, it would it would take it out of him understandably and he was still very young and had a lot of developing to do physically and I guess mentally, although that went a bit wrong um, on a lot of different levels. Um, but just te- the natural brilliance. Oh, God, yeah. And it's not just the the running and the dribbling. I mean, he you talked about um, it taking it out of him this season. So he plays 40 games in this season, six goals. It's a 
average return, but not bad for a debut season. Uh, but in this game, he's he starts on the left, goes at players, just dribbles left foot, right foot, doesn't matter with Ronaldo. He drifts inside, he's playing... Uh, like, you could just... Like, if you just took the highlights, you'd think he could be a natural central midfielder. He's 18 years old and he's just yeah. moving into central midfield and playing passes. And, of course, we know this to be true of Ronaldo, that he could play basically anywhere. And he has evolved his game um, over his career. But we don't know it to be true of an 18-year-old Ronaldo. Then he goes to the right, puts an absolutely brilliant ball in for Ruud van Nistelrooy, who should score later in the game. Left foot, right foot, dribbling past plays, everything in this is, is absolutely electric. It really is. And it's condensed into half an hour. And, and indeed, like half an hour, there's, there's some kind of expression of surprise that he's coming on at 1-0 up as if like he should be saved for United to be 2-0 up because he's so young and like but no he put him on it when it's 1-0 because I mean Fergie says afterwards like he can give us some penetration that we didn't have like he comes on at 1-0 because Bolton are on top and Fergie wants to change the game in United's favour not give this kid the favour of his debut one of the things that's interesting is the reaction in the crowd because I remember talking to you after seeing the highlights because I you were you were there and wanting to get a feel for what it had been like to be there and if it felt like it was something special because it 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 came across on TV that there was it's very different from the Rooney debut where Rooney's an established superstar in England by this point basically um Ronaldo isn't there's there's a lot of kind of buzz and excitement but like as he comes on but by the time he goes off there's like oh, okay, well, this is the next however many years. That's, you know. Well, right. And this is, this is of course, the Big Sam's mid-noughties Bolton side that's got J.J. Okocher and Kevin Nolan and uh, Ivan Campo at the back and a, a whole bunch of players that, you know, are good players. And this is mm. a good Bolton side. Mm. And he just rips them to pieces. Uh, I mean, and, and the, inter- the interesting thing is this is pre-sort of hipster, you can watch any football game in Europe at any point because you didn't have access to all that football then. La Liga was shown on Sky Sports. I think Channel 4 had stopped showing Italian football by this time. Mm. Um, so there really wasn't a lot of access to football. Portuguese football, absolutely no chance. Now you can, of course, with the internet, watch any Portuguese games. Not I do. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, but there's just a greater uh, access to players and you have all these sort of uh, scouting accounts and data services and stuff like that. So, um, and of course, the industry has always had that. Great scouting networks and and data and information. It may be better now, but it's had it. But consumers didn't. Football fans didn't. And so now it's it's harder to have a secret. Then I didn't know anything about this kid apart from the the highlights from on MUTV of the friendly against Sporting a few weeks beforehand. Uh, to see, so to see him come on with his his uh, boy band haircut. And just he didn't take any time at all. Just go straight at Bolt. He wasn't. He wasn't. I'm nervous. It, it was just the complete package in half an hour burst. Yeah, and you know we all we all know what he went on to, and I guess we'll talk a little bit about that 
later in the show, but I want to move on to the Rooney Day because it's a fascinating contrast. Um, one of the ways it's a fascinating contrast is the reaction of the commentators. So Clive Tilsley and Andy Townsend, the Champions League, a, a team at the time, because Big Ron was uh, done by this point. Um, Clive Tilsley is so excited about Rooney playing for Man United because Rooney is the golden boy of English oh, football. Yeah. I mean, this is after just after Euro 2004, where England would have won the tournament had it not been for Rooney's break in his fifth metatarsal and, and all of that, the first of two famous metatarsal breaks. Rooney, uh, he's, he, he was he was the golden boy of the Euro Euro two thousand four tournament and and all of that, yeah, absolutely. And he Tilsley says at one stage, you know, he's already a superstar. Yeah, yeah, he says like his fifth metatarsal is more famous than some of his teammates, which is true. Like even at United, because that starting eleven, like if I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that the midfield is. You would have guessed one out of three of the one out of four of these because it is Bellion on the right, Jemba Jemba and Cleberson together in the middle, and uh, Giggs on the left, who you'd had a chance at, at picking at random. Um, Cleberson is very good in this game, actually. Um, uh, but uh, generally speaking, it's a side that does not look like it's up to much. But so Rooney gets his name is cheered. He's on the starting eleven. Of, he's in the on the in the starting lineup. This is his debut for United, right? And it's almost exactly a year after Ronaldo's debut. Yeah, and a year and a month or so. Yeah, and it's a very different affair because we've bought him for thirty million. He was the best player in Euro two thousand and four for any country. He was unbelievable in that tournament that game against I think it's against Croatia right and where did he score a hat trick he might have scored a hat trick in that game but he was he was twice re- I think he scored twice right well, he was against Switzerland he scored twice oh, I, maybe, yeah. I, might, I might be listening I might be completely wrong but I just remember him being extraordinary in that um in that tournament and being beyond excited that United were going to buy him I mean we've referred to this on the show a number of times over the the 10 and a bit years we've been doing it, but you and I had an MSN messenger conversation and it's very sad in retrospect that you said, yeah, United, this is what United are so well run. They can afford to spend 30 million on a teenager. This was a year before it's my, um, talking to Cal about this. It might've been the last signing pre Glazer Glazer. Um, so Rooney comes in, he's cheered from the rafters. His name is sung as soon as he emerges out of the tunnel. And he's, unreal in this game like for the first 60 minutes of this game until the emotional energy wears off the adrenaline wears off and the tiredness of coming back from injury kicks in um he is unbelievably good this is why ladies and gentlemen we found it very difficult to accept it when people would say Wayne Rooney is still as good as he used to be because this is what he used to yeah, be able to do. Yeah, this is what he do. used to be. Yeah. I mean, look, his uh, his first real involvement in the game is to stick his studs into Dennis's shins. <laughs> Rather unpleasant tackle. Might have seen a card or two uh, in today's refereeing culture. But basically his last touch of note, you know, 80-odd minutes in, is a, is a lovely flick for Bellion to set up the sixth. And and in between, he was just fantastic. He's he he's just all over the pitch. I mean, some of it too much running, which Ferguson, of course, would note later in his career. But um, he goes deep. He's he sets up about fifteen yards deeper than 
Van Nistelrooy, just naturally, I think. But he, he drifts into midfield, drifts left, right. Uh, but he's not aimless. He's just getting involved and he's like super, super involved. And and his, I mean, his first touch is magic in this game. And and of course, later in his career, we can, you know, criticise his, his first touch a lot. Um, and it's interesting that around the 70-minute mark, he has a chance to put Ruud van Nistelrooy away and he's like... Absolute fumbles. And I was like, ah, oh, there's the Wayne Rooney we know and love. Well, the, the thing is, what I liked about that is like Clive um, uh, Clive Tilsley at that point, because I was looking at that thinking, oh, yeah, I know what that is. That's tired, Rooney. We, we see a lot of that in the next 15 years. Um, and Clive Tilsley says to Andy Townsend, oh, do you think he's it, it's he's got a bit tired? And uh, his first touch, Clive says, his first touch let him down. I wonder if that's the first thing to go. It's like, <laughs> wonder no more, Clive. The future <laughs> will, will let you know. But before we... Um, Back to the future, part four, the yeah, Rooney years. <laughs> but before we stick the boot in to one of the greatest players ever to play the game, um, Tilsley says, as the teams are coming out, and he's talking about Rooney being signed, and says the payoff will be measured in trophies in terms of the astronomical for then transfer fee for a teenager five premier leagues an fa cup three league cups four community shields a champions league a europa league and a world club cup the uh, the payoff was indeed measured in trophies yes it was good of course if the glazers hadn't been in charge it would probably been been 10 Premier League trophies and two <laughs> European Cups or whatever. Well, if if uh, Fergie had been five years younger, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a, there's a couple of interesting references from Clive Tilsley in this game. One uh, is uh, is uh, referencing Steve Harmison and <laughs> uh, how, how the... Um, how the uh, the Fenerbahce players were put off like it was they were facing Steve Harmison. I was like, yeah, let's pre that ball down the leg side, eight <laughs> yards down the leg side that ruined Harmison's career. It's also pre the 2005 Ashes, which was his actual peak. But it made me think like you would not get a casual cricket reference in football commentary nowadays since football, since cricket went off terrestrial TV. It used to be a mainstream sport in this country. And the other the other interesting reference Tilsley uh, has is that he uh, he references the Labour Party conference saying it would get no coverage now that Rooney had scored a hat trick. I was like, oh, I never I never knew that uh, Tilsley was a red in both it, senses. It kind of upset me really because he said the Prime Minister will regret his uh, comments, and then he said the Labour Party conference. I was like, oh God, remember when we had a Labour Prime Minister? I mean, admittedly, maybe was this after? No, yeah, this was. Labour's a strong word for the Prime Minister we had at that time, but anyway. Um the uh so let's talk about the goals. <laughs> oh, um yeah. So he uh before he scores, he tries to beat five players and chip the keeper. <laughs> like he's about five minutes into his debut. He literally tries to beat five players and chip the keeper. And then he tries to bend one in um from wide from about three yards out when Rude was like unmarked in the six yard box. But then not long after that, Rude slides it through and his Rooney's left foot, side foot, left foot, side foot finish is as good as, it's as good as you'll ever see. It's, it's so good. Well, it's as good as you'll ever see till about half an hour later when he scores his third. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great finish. I mean, by the way, this is United's second and before that, Giggs had scored with a header. From, he, from, a, many, 
From a Cleberson cross. From cross. Yeah. Weird combo. But yeah, lovely finish from Rooney for the second. Just takes it so casually. And and that's the thing. He's he's always had that kind of natural finish. Uh, he, was, he was talking, of course, um, in the past week about uh, how many goals he'd scored over his career and uh, claimed that it should have been more because he was a natural finisher. And his argument is that you don't become record goal scorer at your club for most of your career and your national team without being that. And he's, he's completely correct, of course. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, our, our totally unfair criticism, but repeated very often, much to the chagrin of many of our listeners, is that he would have scored even more if he'd kept himself fit and trim and, and in shape for most of his career. I mean, this and he is also, didn't, and it's a big regret. This is this is the thing about also seeing these two players because there is absolutely no doubt that with the same, if they had, like, this is not a criticism of Wayne Rooney, by the way, but if he'd had the same work ethic as Ronaldo, he would still be an absolutely elite player in the game, almost inevitably, because Ronaldo's style is very hard running and he's taken a lot of punishment and all those kinds of things. But it's not a criticism of Rooney because you don't just have a work ethic like that. That's... Cristiano Ronaldo has a superhuman work ethic, not for particularly healthy reasons. I'm not, I don't actually think it would be better necessarily to be Ronaldo than Rooney in terms of being a human being. But, no, but in, in terms of being a footballer, it would be. Yeah, sure. But I, it's like, I'm not sure that would be a price worth paying necessarily. The first goal is great, good. The second goal, the second goal, the long range shot. It's just he just takes it so quickly. It's in the back of the net before Rush Two knows what's going on. Yeah, but it's all set up by his his body shape and movement, which which was one of the things he also lost as time went by. You know, he more simple movements didn't have quite that kind of dynamic, instinctive, isn't it? He just shake, he faints. What is it? It's a it's a drop of the shoulder. It's a faint. He beats the player without even touching the ball. And he's it's, got himself two yards of space and it's just a clean finish. It's the street footballer thing, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but it is true. Like, he is, that's the kind of player he is. He's not a kind of academy-style product. He's a player who has this... He's just been the best player in every football match he's ever played in in his life. And he, he has this kind of relationship with brilliance that's totally comes natural and is easy for him. And I'm sure... is one of the reasons why it was not so easy for him to sustain an, a totally elite level work ethic because at some point you probably are sated. Um, he he almost gets his hat-trick just before half-time and there's a ball whipped in and he kind of makes a near-post dart. Um, and then there's a, a little chat about whether um, whether United are in transition or not on the comms. It's like, yeah, I think this midfield of Jemba Jemba, David Bellion and... Uh, and Cleverson yes. suggests we might just be in transition. Definitely the transition to something a lot better. <laughs> yeah. But it takes a while, right? Like, we don't win the league now until 6-7. Uh, yeah. 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 So. That's... Yeah, it does take a while. It's a, it's a, it's a fallow period that coincides with um, with some interesting spending by the club. I mean, looking at cheaper signings. So, in this squad is... Is Jemba Jemba um, and uh, Cleberson and Liam Miller and a whole bunch of like, let's have a punt on some players and see what comes of it. Um, 
United then do spend money, big money on Anderson and Nanny and Owen Hargreaves. In 2000, Tevez. Summer, summer 2007, right? That's... Yeah, exactly. In order to take the clubs to the next level. but and, and then, of course, Chelsea is spending a huge amount of money at this time as well. And Arsenal, is it 2004 is their last title win, is it? Uh, Season before yeah, this was... Yeah, I can't the, remember exactly, they, but I think that I think Arsenal that might won the be right. League in oh three oh four, yeah, and then after that, Chelsea win it for two years in a row, and then we win it. Right, right. So, so you get the sense of United drifting a little bit. The the, the power shift, as Arsene Wenger called it, going to London, and and it's not obvious at this time that United are going to come out of this, you know, fallow period and, and produce another great side. Not obvious at all. But the thing that happens is Fergie builds his team around these two players, and that right. this is, and they are the best players in the league, the the best players in the world. When does Messi really take over that mantle? It's not quite, it's not for a few years yet, and and so um, he scores a free kick. And it's just, it's a brilliant free kick. And he scored a hat-trick on his Man United debut. And it's ridiculous. It's just, it's fairy tale, and, and it felt so normal. It was, but also sort of like, when you really put it in context, it's this kid that's emerged out of basically nowhere in the space of two years. is now England and Man United's best player. Because he's better than Ronaldo by this point. Like, he might not have Oh, more... he's a more complete player, for sure. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and which is another reason why the the frustration with Rooney Rooney's career comes. Just he he was at that elite level. He was yeah at that but very I, but very I, elite level. But I think it's really unfair in a way to be frustrated with it. I think that's in in the when it all shakes out. I think the frustration should be that United didn't move on from Rooney for all those years and he kind of crept over the line of being the club's leading goal scorer and basically didn't have a really good season after 11-12. I mean, a pretty good season in 12-13, an amazing season by what came later. People kind of rate his 13-14 season because the numbers are all right, but it was bad mostly. And every season after that was just bad. So that's frustrating. But for the player himself, I kind of feel like, this kid that came from where he came from with what he had to work with, with his physique, with his physiology, with his background, all that kind of stuff. Actually, he did unbelievable. Like he had, he had a solid seven years of, seven, eight years of absolute brilliance. We hope you're enjoying the No Question About That podcast. We are open for sponsorship, so if uh, you run the kind of business that would be interested in sponsoring our show, just drop us an email at nqatpod at gmail.com. Sure, but he could have done unbelievable. Yeah, but I don't... It just seems like... It seems like, what What do you want in the end? Like, he, he what could he have done that he didn't do? He could have kept himself physically fitter, which was a bigger challenge for him than it was for Ronaldo not just for personality reasons but also just physiologically he didn't didn't have a good natural um physique for uh, not good natural kind of footballer physique big bound um I mean but kind of is isn't he he's what's it called there's a word for it when you naturally put on weight really easily um I can't remember exo something Burger (laughs) Kingitis what was it what did it Luke Shaw's got 
uh, KFC, I think, is, is Luke Shaw's. Or it might be Pizza Bucket. Bark yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not at the moment he's not. You um, can get that on delivery. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, but the... Uh, so the... There are challenges that he faces that, that are kind of part of the reason why. And, and like, he was... He was extraordinary for a really long time. It took a long time yeah. and and it felt like he was bad for a long time, but he wasn't compared to how long he was extraordinary for. He was extraordinary from 2003 to 2013. That's 10 years, 10 years at the top of like being incredible under unbelievable pressure, England and United captain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, the the free kick is funny because uh, not only I mean it's a great free kick and uh, I mean I suppose you could poke at the keeper and say he's far too far to his left, which he is because it's not right in the corner, but it's you know it's a great free free kick. But the funniest bit is there's like six players around the ball; they're all want a piece of it. <laughs> it's Giggs and Van Nistelrooy starts and then sulks off. Yeah, and. Uh, Tilsley makes a point of saying, well, you know, maybe Van, like suggesting that Van Nistelrooy may be jealous of this new kid coming in and scoring all these goals, which might have been true, actually. Yeah, almost certainly, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all round it, wanting a piece of it, but no, absolutely no chance. Rooney's having that and he's, and he's uh, you know, name on the ball and all that. Um, Rude Van Nistelrooy is mentioned on by Paul Scholes in the latest United official podcast where um, he... He tells Skulls tells this story about them being on the team bus and just him being in a mood if he didn't score whether United won or not, which that's been talked about before. But what I'd never heard before is um, being really moody if he'd scored and Thierry Henry had also scored. So he would check the scores, <laughs> being like a genuine bad mood if Henry had scored. Which nice. is really scores a nice goal in this game. I mean, it's a, a fantastic ball from Darren Fletcher from the right. Yeah to pick him out, sort of 40, 50-yard pass, and then uh, one touch and bang, absolutely lashes it home with some feeling, I'd say. Yeah, some real genuine fury about having missed a pen. Rooney didn't get to take the pen. He missed a pen and um, missed Good the... job Rooney didn't take a pen. He'd probably missed it. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Van Nistelrooy had a good record from pens, but he'd missed one in a friendly the week before this game yeah. and missed one in this game. Of course, we'd go on to miss one against Arsenal, which was... Oh, no, no, that was the that year was before. before he'd, he'd yeah. The year before he'd missed against Arsenal where they crowded round him. Because that was, Clive referenced that in this game. That's the only reason I know it was before this. Um, the crowd saying, are you watching Merseyside? Which made a lot more sense than it had done in 1986 when they sang it. And it was like, yes, we're watching from positions one and two in the league. Here, this made a lot more sense some uh, 18 years later. Um, uh, so, yeah, when we'd stolen their precious baby from them and Rooney blasts one behind for a corner he's trying to do the thing of knocking it off uh the Fenerbahce player and out of play but he misses the Fenerbahce player and it's like he's he's just inside his own half he concedes a corner which they do eventually score from um and I think that's that's actually the point where I start to think, yeah, he just he's starting to look tired now. He's starting to try a little hard. The excitement's probably got to him. This is where you remember, oh, actually, he literally was only 18 years old at this point, even though he seems like a a 25-year-old. That's right. Or older, yeah. And and three months without playing, coming back from injury, we know, know after a career of seeing him that he does take a while to... Get bad. He doesn't have natural great fitness, as you've said. 
It takes him a while to get fit, which, by the way, in the current circumstances, uh, football authorities expecting players to go from not having played for weeks on end to playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for eight weeks straight after two weeks of training. No chance. You're going to get so many injuries. Anyway, understandably, Rooney's a bit rusty and he gets tired later in the game. And uh, it's fun kind of seeing both the the best of Rooney and and some of his uh, other traits all packaged in this one game. Yeah, I have to say the thing that stood out was just like, yeah, like the idea that Rooney could have been the third best player in the world at one point felt nonsense by about 18 months later. You know, when when it was definitively clear that Ronaldo and Messi were going to be in another league to everyone else, which wasn't by this point. By this point, he might have been might have been Leo Messi. Like Rooney could have been Leo Messi by this point, and I guess that's that's why I could kind of understand that there's some frustration. But just no one apart from Messi has ever been Messi, and no one ever will again. Like and no, he was. I mean, Ronaldo doesn't get twenty goals in the season until oh six oh seven. Yeah, so I mean, he's. He's he's three seasons at United. Oh yeah, that's what of, I meant about of, you know of not great numbers of getting less than nanny numbers. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I meant. Like people people were really frustrated by him by the time he emerged. And I remember like I was. This is probably the period of time where I've paid the least close attention to United because just had various other things going on and it wasn't. I never had the channels and it wasn't really particularly um, massively on my radar. And I remember being, I was kind of a match of the day fan really at this point. Um, And then when Ronaldo emerged, it was really surprising because he felt like this kind of flaky kid for, you know, we all remembered the Bolton debut and how incredible it was, but we don't remember that there was, there was then a solid three years before he became Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, um, yeah, and it's 118 goals in 292 games for United, 451 in 438 for Real Madrid. I mean, when he turned the tap on, he really turned the tap on. Yeah, it's funny. There's all these kind of uh, there was Mundial magazine just did a big uh, piece on like comparing Messi and Ronaldo's early numbers to some of the Wonder Kids that are around now. A lot of the Wonder Kids numbers look great for kind of number of games played, um, and it's like mm, stick. <laughs> If they stick around for another five, ten years at this level, because that's that's the thing about those two is just the insanity of their consistency, the, the un, unmatched throughout history level of consistency. Have you seen? Um, I know you're not a big basketball fan, but as a as a lover of sports documentaries, are you going to watch the the Michael Jordan Last Dance doc? I, I mean, I'm not a lover of basketball. Uh, maybe I will. I uh, I had some um, in, interesting. Uh, business coaching from an ex-Romanian professional basketball player. Right. Who was, who was? Uh, I mean, you know, he obviously didn't play to any, he played in European leagues, not to, not in the NBA. Um, but he's, his big love was Michael Jordan. He, he spent two, two days referencing Michael Jordan. Michael would have done this and Michael would have done that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, now you're going to walk on water, kids. And I kind of... So. Um, it it just made me think of Messi and Ronaldo because they're the only people that can like the level of consistency and brilliance and putting a team on your back and every, all those things. It's just only- sure, yeah, superhuman numbers. 
yeah. year after year after year. I mean, you know, even Cristiano is, what, 34, 35 now? And he's just had two very good seasons in Italy. Yeah. Just moved to a completely different league and he's still, he's still superb. Um, we'll see what happens, whether there's much of a decline or not. I mean, he's obviously in insane physical shape. Yeah. Messi's, Messi's different. I mean, Messi's numbers are, are still incredible in a declining team. Um, but he's in a really interesting political situation at Barcelona where basically I think they'd like to get rid of him mm. uh, because of just how much he earns. Uh, uh, and, you know, in a difficult financial situation, it would be great to, for him, for Messi to decide that this was the year that he was going to leave. Um, so it could be interesting times. Definitely end game for those two. Whereas yeah. Rooney, maybe he'll play another five years in the championship with Derby. <laughs> could be going on forever. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and the, you know, Mess, neither Messi or Ronaldo is ever going to play outside of a top flight in any league. Um Rooney, you mentioned the 06 07 season. I'm pretty sure that uh, Rooney and Ronaldo scored exactly the same number of goals that season. That was the moment of convergence between their careers when they were on almost exactly the same level. And uh, Rooney was still brilliant the next two seasons and definitely sacrificed himself as he would do time after time after time after time for other players. He definitely sacrificed his numbers for Ronaldo's numbers. Um, sure, yes. And and then when Ronaldo left, he totally took on the mantle and scored a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of goals that season. Not the season after that, but then the, the season after that. And that was like his, obviously his last main hurrah. But then when Van Persie arrives and, and uh, we talked about Fergie putting pressure on Rooney and publicly linking us with Lewandowski and you need to score more goals, son, and all that. But he kind of sacrifices himself to... Van Persie, really, he's the one that puts the pass in for the Villa goal. Like their their relationship was excellent, and Rooney was definitely the natural provider in that relationship. Very true. Yeah, I, I do wonder with uh, Rooney currently leading the uh, the players' revolt against the uh, Derby owners' uh, decision or or um, offer for the players to take a pay cut, and Rooney's been quite vocal, actually, about this. Not that Rooney needs the money, but he's supporting his many of his uh, colleagues who probably do need the money, because yeah. not every... I mean, average wages in the Championship are sort of around £800,000 a year, which is obviously a lot of money for, for normal folk, uh, but that's average wages, and Derby are not in the top echelon of payers in the championship and there will be younger players at Derby who do not earn a lot of money at all. Yeah, and £800,000 a year is also is obviously a pretty staggering amount of money for almost everyone, but it's not necessarily the kind of amount of money that you could then live for ages and ages and ages. Like, if you earn hundred grand a week, it's going to take a very, very long time before you run out of money. If you've been earning hundred grand a week for five years, um, you might never run out of money the rest of your life if you've been half sensible. But you, you know, you need to get paid, don't you? If you're earning eight hundred grand a year, you probably can't. Yes, and, and, and maybe you only only get that for ten years or eight or five. Yeah, and, and you're going to have to have a second career anyway. So he's uh, he's currently supporting his colleagues and and like right through football in the Premier League. We talked about uh, Arsenal. That's obviously blown up this week with Meza Özil being one of three players at Arsenal refusing to take a twelve and a half percent pay cut, not a deferral. Um, it, but but kind of points the, the reason I brought it up because I think it points to the next phase of Rooney's career, and I wonder how 
soon that comes where he's a sort of leader off the pitch and he clearly wants to be in coaching apparently doesn't do a lot of coaching at Derby it's mostly sort of putting the cones out Phil Neville style Phil Neville's never really progressed beyond putting the cones out but the England national team manager I'm, I'm kidding <laughs> okay right, right right I didn't get it although he's of course he's leaving yeah uh, he won't he won't have another proper game as England national manager for the, the women um but but Rooney clearly wants to ser- he seriously wants to be a coach yeah he's thinking about it seriously and he 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 is a leader no matter how much fun people might make of how articulate he is but he's become more articulate over the years yeah as I was well. just gonna say like there's what's there to make fun of he's perfectly articulate when you hear him he's an excellent pundit when he's done bits and pieces of punditry he's been yeah. It's a kind of electric and, and we'll see whether he makes an excellent coach. I can't imagine Cristiano would be a manager. I mean, no chance. the ego would get in the way, wouldn't it? There's no ch- There's no... Ch- you can't be an actual narcissist and be a football manager. I mean, you can have some narcissistic tendencies as several of our leading proponents, but... Hello, Jose. Yeah, 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 but... But they are different sorts of narcissists, aren't they? Like, there's... They're... they're um, yeah, I just don't see any way but then again Ronaldo's relationship with the Portuguese national team is very different it's very much more humble and you know that lovely speech he gave after the 2016 uh win which was you know uh just made clear the the natural and very real debt of gratitude he clearly felt to his teammates for I mean it's quite telling that it looked to me like he felt a debt of gratitude for them giving him the prize of uh, being able to win. That's just thing, because you could argue, well, you all won this together. But anyway, um, but still, it was it was moving nonetheless. Uh, fascinating, fascinating to go back and look at these games. I mean, just the, the things that struck me were, like I said, the Bolton game was exactly how I remember it, just... Ronaldo incarnate and that the fact that that went away for a few years and then came back in earnest is fascinating and just the jaw-dropping electric excitement of watching 18-year-old Wayne Rooney that that's his that he he did more later and he was still really good later and he was good in different ways later but this this period of Rooney is definitely my favorite Wayne Rooney. Oh period. god yeah. I remember he um you know not a huge fan of the England national team or anything like that but he played a couple of games for England uh, before Euro 2004. Yeah. Um against Turkey at Wembley and I think against Australia at West Ham at Upton Park where he was I might be wrong about the latter one, but he definitely played against Turkey. When I was like, bloody hell, this this kid's like 17 and looks like a 35-year-old in terms of his maturity. And and that was just what was so striking uh, about his early part of his career. Then he became a real striker and scored a lot of goals. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, just the maturity of his game at this stage of his career, is just fabulous. And it's interesting because, like, Ronaldo regularly features in, like, best Fergie signings lists. But Rooney often doesn't because, I guess, because there's such a kind of obvious quality to the signing. But he's definitely one of Fergie's best signings by miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. miles Obviously, 252 goals for the club. Exactly, yeah. a great signing. No one's ever scored more goals for Man United than Wayne Rooney. And it is fascinating that he is... Um, England and United's leading ever goal scorer. That's a sort of 
I mean, we talked ad infinitum about Wayne Rooney for years on this show, so you don't need to revisit Old Ground too much. But, you know, the, the extraordinary paradox, the Rooney paradox, of no one has ever fulfilled their potential more and less in the same package than Wayne Rooney. It's unbelievable. And that, Well, that's it. And, and that's the whole block of, you know, conversation we had in this pod. That's exactly it. Yeah. But I do think... And you're you're all glass half full about it, and I'm glass three quarters <laughs> it's a, empty. It's a very it's very unusual for our dynamic, that Ed. I guess what I think is recency bias oversells the not fulfilling his potential bit because for ten years he did, and that's long enough. And and what happened later and the sort of trickle over the line to being leading goal scorer for both England and United, both of whom should have moved on from him sooner, shouldn't sour the legacy of a player who was that extraordinary for that long. Fair enough. So what are we talking about next week? Uh, or in fact, on on uh, next... What day is it today? Today's this Thursday. Will come out, this come, this, this will will be coming out Friday. out Friday. So on Monday's pod, we're yeah, so, going to be talking about... Uh, the 1996 FA Cup, wait for it, semi-final. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to... I saw the comment on our, our uh, Instagram feed. I haven't got it in front of me, so sorry for not giving you a shout out. We'll do that on the show Um on Monday, um, and the comment, I read it slightly bleary-eyed, and I thought it said, um, the 96 FA Cup final, it's such a brilliant game. I was going to be like, it's one of the worst games of football has ever been played by anyone. Um, but no, Yeah, but you can just watch from, what is it, 85 minutes into the yeah, 92nd you, minute. You just watch that on repeat for 90 minutes. You just watch the, me. the pre-match build-up with the white suits, and then cut to Cantona scoring. That's the whole game. But we're going to watch the semi-final, which was against Chelsea. And I think I've never seen this match, and uh, I certainly don't remember it. And um, apparently Cantona's brilliant in it, so I'm excited to excited to go back and watch that one in full. All right, we will be doing that. Anyway, in the, in the meantime, if you haven't seen these two games, they are on uh, Football Alia. Uh, I'll put the links in the show notes as well. Well worth watching them. Yeah, absolutely. You can skip to like 50 minutes on the the Bolton one. Um, But that Fenerbahce game, definitely check it out. Because especially if you're in the mood for some Rooney nostalgia, because he's unreal in that game. All right. Thanks, everyone. Great. We'll see you on Monday. Bye now. (laughs)